This episode of the Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by the Wise Guide app, your complete success app. With the Wise Guide app, it's never been easier to improve your life. They guide you in eliminating negative thought habits so you can establish new, productive, and healthy thought habits. Visit thewiseguideapp.com to learn more. Hey, Ananga, welcome back. Hey, Shen. I'm so glad that we are talking about how anxiety can become the devil you know. When you came up with this idea last week, I was like, yes, that is so true because we have such a strong tendency to get stuck with what's familiar to us, even if it's hurting us. And that goes for anxiety too. Sometimes we're scared of what we think lies beyond anxiety, the the pressure and, and the expectations that might be waiting for us. Certainly, that's the way the mind goes. It will hold us stuck as a definite bias to holding us stuck in what's familiar and resisting change. Even if it's good change, we struggle with what's unfamiliar. So I think it's really important to explore this with anxiety and look at how to get around that so that we can really make headway in our recovery. Why is it that we are so wired to resist change? It's the nature of the mind to get stuck in suffering. The mind's very forgetful about what's good for us, what helps us. And it will just hold us in what's familiar. There are many wisdom teachings and stories that give examples of this. There are teachers on the Bhagavad Gita, India's ancient wisdom text that tells us that, you know, we have to drag the mind kicking and screaming towards improvement and that the mind can be our best friend or our worst enemy, and the tendency is for it to be the latter. And I think sometimes we don't take that literally enough. It really can be our worst enemy. If you sit with your mind and let it off the leash and just listen to what it brings to you and then feel what that does in your body, that's not a friend. So we need to learn to work with it. And Ayurveda teaches the way to do that is to rise above the mind and use our intelligence, our buddhi, to direct the minds to a more peaceful and contented experience of life. But we have to really work with it and really draw it to better thoughts and better conclusions. It is a life's practice. Yeah. I think that uh, it makes sense that we move through a conversation about how expectations can hold us in anxiety. Yeah. I remember when I was living with chronic illness, There was no question I wanted to get better. I didn't want to be in pain every day, but there was a part of me that was concerned about the expectation that might come on me from others once I was on my feet or if I ever got on my feet. And that was something I had to work with. And I think what we tend to do is to put the cart before the horse. You have that saying? Yeah, we do. Okay, cool. So that's what we tend to do. My concern was, you know, on its head because I was worried about expectations as I was then. I was mixing it all up in my head, and that's what the mind does. Sometimes when we're thinking about recovery from anxiety, we worry about all the events we might have to face. We're going to have new resources on board, and we're going to be able to cope with those things so much better. Sure. And I think it's also important to remember that our healing, that your healing, is your own personal and private business. No one else has the right to say what they think you should be doing with your time and energy. When you're feeling well, when you're starting to to be on the other side of whatever has you suffering, 
that is such a tender time and space. And it's really important that you look after yourself and not allow expectations of others to be projected on you. So important. Yeah. Very tender time. Very important to keep it private. Yeah. Close to your heart. Nurture your improvements in a journal to help you build a sense of trust and remain positive in your progress or talk to somebody you can trust who isn't going to should all over you, isn't going to tell you the things you should be doing. Right. Keep it close, keep it safe. And really it's recommended that we should do that in most areas of our life. We don't need to tell everyone everything. I like the way you described it, Shanna's tender. It's a really tender time and it, it needs protecting. It does. Find and use the tools that help you feel better. Create boundaries for yourself and assurances that mean you do not have to feel that external pressure to the best of your ability. I mean, there's things that happen in our lives that we have to deal with, of course, but the extra stuff, we sure don't. And the extra pressure we put on ourselves is not helpful at all. So be in your space, be in your body, take care of you to the best of your ability. And when you feel something coming at you, because you generally know, you know, that's when you duck and cover. That's when you change the subject. That is when you excuse yourself. That is when you do what you need to do in order to feel better and to not let that external pressure in. Yeah. And with anxiety, it doesn't mean that when we start to recover and we start to feel more calm, more confident, it doesn't mean we're necessarily going to want to go out and do everything or that we have to go out and do everything. Right. There are people that don't suffer with anxiety that still feel very anxious about speaking in public. And unless that's something that you absolutely need to do, in which case you can get help and you can become comfortable doing that. But we don't need to put our head in the fire. If it's not something you need to do and it's an area of discomfort, it's okay. Yeah. If you feel some discomfort about it, we don't have to feel that we can do everything. Mm -hmm. Recovery is about being able to step more into the areas that we feel we need to in our lives. Again, it's very personal, it's individual, and it's allowed to be private. Sometimes Ananga and I see coaching clients stall because they're worried that they have to dredge up their past and work through painful memories to feel better, especially where trauma has been involved. But honestly, it's not necessary. It is an option, but recovery is completely completely possible without exposing old wounds. We don't have to know why we suffer with anxiety to move forward to recovery. And I think that that, you know, that's something that that's almost the opposite of of our conversation with Liz last week. But that conversation was specific to an area of abuse and this is a different scenario. We don't want you to drudge up things to make you feel worse. We want to help you learn how to feel better in your body, in your mind, in your experience without looking over your shoulder. Yeah, unless you need to. Yes. Unless there's something that you really feel is, is presenting that, that needs release and work. And trauma release work is very important. What I particularly love about tapping and the reason I learned EFT tapping is that you can address negative core beliefs, you can address painful memories, you can address the anxiety itself in a way that brings relief and increases resources very 
quickly and very supportively without having to dig. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we feel that I need to know why do I do this and why am I that way? And I think with Ayurveda, there's just such compassion that it's okay. We've all got mistakes behind us. We've all got traumas, big and small, behind us. And they deserve hearing and they deserve support. But we don't have to face them to feel better about anxiety. One of the most compassionate and easy ways to calm anxiety is to get at it through the body. And that's what Ayurveda teaches, to go to yoga, to go to walking, to go to breathing, to support and calm the mind via the body. We can use nutrition and understanding adjustments that support our individual nature. Very often when I'm working with people and we look at um, the different doshas, the different mind-body types, you know, sometimes people think you're psychic. <laughs> you really <laughs> understand, but it's, it's just an understanding of Ayurveda. Ayurveda gives real in-depth understanding of our nature, our pitfalls, our blessings, our creative qualities, all of it, it's all in there. So just understanding that there are certain mind types that are prone to suffer this way or be challenged that way. We don't have to feel that there's something wrong with us that needs scrutinizing and needs fixing. And I find that a big relief and a very positive way to move forward with supporting anxiety. Yeah, I do too. When we get back from the break, we'll be discussing challenging beliefs. With all the stress and anxiety going on in the world today, people are turning to mindfulness to cope. But the mindfulness movement is not new. 50 years ago, the founders of the Wise Guide app pioneered what is known today as productive meditation. Productive meditation goes far beyond other mindfulness techniques, as it teaches you how to leverage the increased learning potential of the mindful state to produce profound and positive changes in your life. Millions of people like you have used this effective method to improve their lives. The Wise Guide app's programs are used by hospitals, universities, therapists, athletes, business leaders, and government officials to conquer life's obstacles. And now, with the Wise Guide app, you have unlimited access to this extensive library of self-improvement programs. Free yourself of the negativity that's holding you back and trust their 50 years of experience as they guide you toward success and happiness. Take the next step in letting go of your false limitations and visit thewiseguideapp.com. Enter the code ANXIETYSLAYER at checkout. The first 50 listeners to enter the code ANXIETYSLAYER at thewiseguideapp.com will get 50% off an annual subscription. Let's discuss challenging beliefs because that's a, a big part of healing. And I know that we've talked about cognitive behavioral therapy in the past, but let's dig in a little bit deeper. Well, since we're talking about anxiety being the devil you know and the tendency of the mind to get stuck, what we're looking at here is looking at those beliefs, challenging the beliefs we hold that keep us stuck in anxiety. So there's a cognitive behavioral therapy technique for working with stuck beliefs, a really simple one, really helpful. And it's to write down a belief that's causing you suffering and then write down proof that that belief's false. It's a helpful exercise to shake us loose from the beliefs that hold us in the grip of anxiety. But there's an example that I really like from a book I read a few months ago. It's a a really good book called Option B 
and it's a best-selling book on managing grief by Sheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant. And in it, they share what they've learned about facing adversity and building resilience. And after suffering a sudden and devastating loss, Cheryl recalls holding the belief that she would never feel the same again. I think when we listen to those words, we can apply that over to the experience of anxiety, just feeling like you're always going to be anxious, you're always going to be this way. So she noted that she would never feel the same again and then remembered laughing at a joke and knowing that if only for that moment while she was laughing, that belief was shown to be false. So that's the principle, that's the practice, is to just look for those little moments where the belief isn't true. As you were talking about that, I was thinking of how we, how we do that to ourselves, how we believe, don't, don't always believe what you think, right? <laughs> and just by getting it down on paper, you can really see how many of these beliefs that can be disproven. Yeah, and the wisdom teachings behind Ayurveda teach that we manufacture beliefs. We concoct stuff from our mind all the time. It's described as being like a a factory that's manufacturing, pumping out these beliefs and these thoughts, and then we build a narrative around them, and then they hold us captive. Mm -hmm. So it's a really good exercise to try to just look at your beliefs around anxiety and see what you can disprove. And again, you don't have to do anything about it, because I think what we get worried about is that if we disprove it, somebody's going to say, see, and they're going to take what we're going through lightly. This isn't about that. It's not about taking the experience of anxiety lightly. It's about shining light on the areas where it holds us captive so that we can start privately and compassionately moving forward. So the practice is to write down what you believe to be true about your anxiety and then write down proof that your belief is false. Again, even if it's just for a fleeting moment and with no expectation, just note down the examples. We had some examples here, Shan, that perhaps you could run through for us. Sure. Some of the beliefs are, and I know you've heard this before, it's just how I am, or I've always been anxious. Anxiety runs in my family. I've tried everything. I don't think I'll ever get better. I'm stuck with anxiety for life. Nothing works. If we can note down evidence that says otherwise, if we can look for the moments when you didn't feel anxious or the people in your family who are free from anxiety, perhaps the things you haven't tried yet or the moments that you felt you might get better, that this is what you want to be focusing on because the mind creates stories that hold us in suffering, that it wants to keep us disempowered. But we have the opportunity to adjust the plot we can edit and rewrite the story. And when we do that, we get to change the ending too. Yeah. So it's a practice, an ongoing practice. And I think what really helps is to spend time with like-minded people, people that are looking to be proactive about anxiety, people that are looking to move forward in recovery that can offer support and offer hope. And there are going to be days when we fail and the mind's going to get the upper hand. And there will be days when we think, oh, I made a bit of progress today, I feel some hope. And we have to recommit, reapply, do the work. Nobody said it's easy, but 
it's a better way to live than to be bound by anxiety, to find some hope, to find some traction. And then, of course, there are so many tools, resources, courses, coaches that can support you if you're looking for some consistent help to move forward. And that's definitely recommended. But at any moment, we get to choose how we're going to respond to this inner dialogue from the mind, these stories. And we don't have to live with the devil we know. We can inch towards change and recovery and have it be an adventure, have it be comfortable and expansive rather than feeling uncertain or foreboding.